moving. Grab you to your core. Uh, so, preparing for Christmas. Uh, what does that look like? Well, just to get you into the mood of that, we're going to watch a little clip to start with. Toys and the oh, and some roasted chestnuts. I love those things. Are you crazy? Do you know what'll happen if we get caught? Let's just stick to our list and get out. Oh, you're such a worry, Ward. Let's just enjoy the festivities. Joy, this is not the time for. G'day, fellas. Angel, you're the primary decoration. Someone's gonna notice you're gone. Ah, uh, I went to the Gold Coast for two weeks last year and no one noticed. It'll be fine. Everyone. Well, this is just great. Now Mouse is here too. Sweetie, we've all got gifts to buy. Don't get your knickers in a twist. They're tights, okay? Tights. You've always been very brave in the fashion department. (laughs) Well, that's a little bit fabulous, isn't it? Okay, we need to focus. Lists are the ready. Let's try and keep a low profile. I saw that and I thought I've got to use that somewhere. It's great, isn't it? It's a great, it's one of the best ads I've seen for a long time from Maya. Uh, and who are you? Uh, you got four different characters there, all preparing for Christmas. Which one are you? Are you the elf who's just panicking and everything's got to happen and it's got to go? You got to have lists all organised so you can get all the presents you want. Or are you the reindeer? You just want to be in the moment. You just want to enjoy what's going on and prance around and think it's wonderful. Or are you melancholy or angel who just thinks, well, let's just cruise through this, we'll be okay? Or the mouse, the words of reason coming in at the end, uh, telling him he looks great in tights. Uh, which one are you? Uh, what do you like with Christmas? Uh, have you organised Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Have you bought the things that you need? Uh, are you prepared for Christmas? Uh, well, uh, if you want to find out how to be prepared for Christmas, the place that you go is Google. Uh, You Google it, being prepared for Christmas, and if you do that, you'll find a whole lot of ways to be prepared for Christmas. There's 101 ways to be prepared for Christmas. There's 13 days prepared for Christmas. There's 13 hours prepared for Christmas. You can go on and it'll tell you how to do it. Uh, And as I looked at Google, I found out that this is what the average mum spends in preparation for Christmas. Uh, 13 days, 13 full days of preparation. Uh, 288 hours of shopping. If that was a bloke, it'd be two hours in out, and maybe that's two hours, which will be one hour and 55 of travel time. Uh, 4.19 hours of wrapping, 3.03 hours of decorating the house, nine hours of preparing food. That's on average. Uh, how about you? How are you preparing for Christmas? Well, how are you, if you're a follower of Jesus, preparing for Christmas? Uh, Because, you know, the very first word, first part of the word Christmas is Christ. Uh, This season that we're in is not the silly season, it's not the crazy season, it's the Christ season. It's about Jesus. And I think that all of us are very, very prone even as followers of Jesus, to forget that first part of the word. And we get caught up in all the glitz and all the glamour and all the presents and all the presentations and all the parties and all the food and all the assemblies and all the things that we've got to do and we miss 
that very first word. Well, what we're going to do this week, and we're going to do in two weeks' time, on the 20th, is have a think about, as people who follow Jesus, how can we prepare for Christmas well? This week we're going to look at John the Baptist uh, and how he prepared for Christmas, but how he prepared people to meet Jesus, not so much Christmas, but to meet Jesus. And then on the 20th, we're going to look at Mary, as she prepares to meet Jesus, as she prepares to give birth to Jesus. I'm going to pray, and then Matt's going to come up and read Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. And we have a bit of a think this morning about how we, as followers of Jesus, can prepare well for Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how good it is uh, to come together and to spend time uh, looking at your word and thinking, Lord, how it impacts where we are right now, how it touches uh, the situations and the place that we're in and this season that we're in, Lord, the season of Christmas. Uh, We pray, Father, that as we look at Mark together this morning, uh, that, Lord, you'll open our hearts that you'll open our eyes, uh, that your Holy Spirit will work within us, Lord, and uh, push us to prepare well for your season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Matt's going to come up and read and uh, have a look at Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Uh, You'll see it on the screen as well. Uh, You can follow along. And are we on? Are we on? You on now? It should be on now. Thanks, mate. <laughs> okay, so if you'd like to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, or you can read up there. Let's see how God prepares someone who prepares us for Christmas. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptising in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I. The thongs of those sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to be looking at today is that we look at John. There's two things I just want to highlight for you this morning. Uh, I'm not going to delve into every aspect of the passage, but there's two things I think that John encourages us to do as he was preparing people to meet Jesus, as we prepare this time of Christmas that's all about Jesus. Uh, And the two things you'll see if you've got your service sheet, you flip it over the back, uh, you'll see there's an outline on there. And if you want to take notes, you're welcome to do that, or if you just want to listen and soak it in. Uh, feel free to do that as well. Uh, but you'll see that there's two things we're looking at, uh, having a prepared heart and having a prepared voice. They're the two things that we're going to be thinking about 
this morning, a prepared heart and a prepared voice. Uh, well, as we get into it, this is uh, the start of Mark's Gospel uh, in the New Testament as he records the story of Jesus and he starts with John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a pretty interesting character and uh, that was what he may have looked like. We're not 100% sure, but he was a man of the wilderness, John the Baptist was. He was quite a character. Uh, John was the son of uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias who came at a very, very la- 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 late stage. We'll get the word out. Been away for four weeks. Uh, late stage. Elizabeth was very old and was unlikely to have a baby. Past the stage of child rearing and bearing. And uh, miraculously, she has a baby. And this baby is going to be John. And we find out that Elizabeth is a cousin to Mary. And so John and Jesus are cousins. And it seems that there's only about six months between the two. So they, we don't know this, but I'd imagine at some point in time they knew about each other as kids. And knew about each other and may have even played with one another and spent time with another. Because Mary spent more than three months with Elizabeth before Jesus was born. Uh, when John's born, we don't hear much more about him until we suddenly find him in the desert near the River Jordan, baptising people. Uh, he's not a fashionista. He hasn't really got the latest uh, gear on. He wears camel hair clothing. Uh, his diet is a little bit different. He, I'm not sure he'd be into paleo, but he was into honey and uh, things like that and locusts. Uh, and he was doing something really very rare back in those days. He was baptising people. That was strange. As far as we can tell, this is the first example of baptism being something that's a regular occurrence. Occasionally back in the Old Testament, occasionally back in the Jewish period, we think they may have baptised Gentiles, non-Jews, to be part of the Jewish community. Small bits we've got fragments of. But this is really quite different. No one has ever seen this before. This is strange. And it's amazing, isn't it? Because John is bringing in something even bigger than his baptism. Because as we read through Mark chapter 1, he's preparing for someone bigger to come and someone better to come. Someone with even greater baptism than this. But the thing about John, as you read through that very short part, and if you go back to Matthew and you go back to Luke, you'll get a bit more picture of him. Uh, You'll see that he was a man who lived his message. So what he was like, maybe we'll go past that one. Uh, What he was like was the message he had, he lived it. A man of the wilderness, what he said and how he lived matched each other. Someone once said that uh, preaching is expressing truth through personality. And that's what John was. He was out preaching truth about God bringing in his promised Messiah, the promised Messiah that was from over 400 to 800 years ago throughout the Old Testament scriptures. The promise that God had made was going to happen and John was preparing the way and he prepared it in speech and how he lived. He put the two together. He preached it through his personality. And what he preached, first and foremost, was that we need to have they need to have a prepared heart. John's message was, repent. Look there in verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness 
preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, John was preaching that we need to turn around and come back to God, that the people back then need to do a complete U-turn and come back to God. That's what repentance means. Repentance means you're heading in one direction, you do a complete 180 and head the other direction. That's what John was saying to the people that are coming out to them. That to be prepared for God's promised one, you need a complete turnaround and come back to God. Rather than facing away from God, you need to face towards him. And we know, don't we, that we live on the other side of the cross and so the people back then were being prepared for the person that's going to make this possible, but we know the person who made this possible. It's Jesus. He's the one that makes this U-turn possible for everybody. We find out in 1 John chapter 7, verse 1 to 9, if you re- don't click there, you can have a look at it on the screen if you like. But it says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, on the other side of the cross, when we look back and we see what Jesus has done, he is the one that takes all our sin. Our repentance is to recognise that and ask for that and turn back to God and Jesus purifies us from sin and washes us clean. John's baptism was a symbol of repentance. Jesus actually brings repentance and purification. Jesus is the one that enables us to be right with God and in right relationship with him. He is the great unstainer. Uh, That would be the washing detergent ad that we could have for him. The blood of the lamb completely cleans, the soul cleanser. He unstains all of us. Every aspect of what we have done, of our turning away from God, has been cleansed by him and him alone. So a prepared heart is one that has said to God, I want to face you. A prepared heart is one that becomes before Jesus and asks for forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong and recognises that he has purified us and cleansed us and taken everything that we have done against God on himself so that we can be friends with God forever. That's a prepared heart, isn't it? Now, I don't know where you're at, but maybe you've had your face away from God for your whole life. Maybe recently you've turned your face away from God. Well, John calls us back to turn back to him, to return to him, And Jesus, with his arms open wide on the cross, says, you are mine and I have cleansed you and you are right before God forever. Come back to me. Turn now. Do it. Don't wait this Christmas time. Don't keep walking away from God with your back to him. Turn to him. Trust him. He cleanses you, purifies you in Jesus. But maybe you've had your face a bit like this to God. Maybe you've just turned to the side a little bit. 
I don't like those conversations when uh, you're having a chat to someone and you're talking to them and you're, I remember having a chat on the boat with uh, this person and I was talking to them and while I was talking to them there's a whole lot of stuff going on around but I was trying to have this conversation with this person but as I was talking to them I noticed that their eyes were just turning to the side and then across here and then uh, the dancers that were happening up behind me they wanted to look at that and then there was something happening and turn their head behind you can't have a conversation with a person like that can you because their head's going everywhere they turn around they're back there's no way you can get their attention be focused on them have you been like that this year with God have you just allowed your attention to turn onto that shiny other person that looks a little bit more attractive than the one you're married to looks fun looks exciting have you just turned your face to the side a little bit and got really caught up in that hobby that you've had and you've got so entrenched into that hobby that you've had that you've actually started to miss relationship with your fellow Christians, others that follow Jesus? Have you turned your face to the side just a little bit because you've got into your job and your career and it's been going really well and you're going hard at it and you're going good and you're doing great at that job and you're spending all your time at it and spending all your effort on it, that you've just turned your face to the side a little bit and you're not spending as much time listening to God, not spending as much time speaking to God, not spending as much time listening to his word. Have you just been turning your head a little bit away this year? Well, God says, do a U-turn. Take my focus. I want your full attention. That's how you prepare for Christmas. Come and focus in on me. Uh, the other night we're over at uh, a Christmas party for our presbytery. That's the Northern Rivers area of uh, the Presby churches. And uh, we were outside sitting around a big table and Karina was inside and having a conversation with a lady on the inside. And we were on the outside and we wanted to get Karina's attention because we wanted to talk to her about something. And so we started to say, Karina, Karina. But no, she was focused. One, bang. And then we started to wave at her. But no, her focus was on uh, Lois. Didn't move her eyes off her. Started to throw things at her to try and get her attention. But she was focused on a conversation with Lois because she was intentionally wanting to know what was going on. That's what God wants us with him. That focused attention on him, not being distracted, not letting those voices, not letting those things on the outside, not letting the pips from the cherries hit you in the head and let them distract you. God wants your focused attention on him. So how about you? Have you had your back to Jesus, back to God? Well, he wants you to turn around and face him. And Jesus purifies you and makes you right and your relationship with God can be secure for eternity. Have you just turned your head to the side a little bit? Have you just lost your attention a little bit? Well, God wants you to turn your attention fully on him. And he purifies you and he makes you right in Jesus and he wants you to know him and be intense with him and know him personally. He wants your full attention. And John says to be prepared to meet Jesus is we need to repent. We need to ask for forgiveness for both those circumstances and situations. 
and ask God by his spirit to take our attention to him and him alone. I'm going to give you a moment now to do that. I'm just going to take a minute. Close your eyes, do whatever you want want. Ask God to pinpoint in your life where you need to repent and turn to him and put your focus on him. Ask him to change you by his spirit, knowing Jesus will empower you to do that. Let's just take a moment now to do that. heart is one that has turned our attention to focus on God and Jesus. But also, John says that we need to have a prepared voice. Uh, many of you know that my daughter Hannah, our, our daughter, I should say, that Karina's not in the room at the moment, uh, our daughter Hannah uh, is a great singer and she's away this morning, but you know that what she's like, she's uh, phenomenal. I love the way that she sings. We'll get to hear her on Christmas Day if you're here. She's going to sing a great song for us called Light of the World. Uh, but uh, as she was preparing this year for her Year 12 uh, performance that she was doing, Mike Ward, who many of you would know, uh, came across to our house uh, to help her with her singing. And part of that was for the first four weeks, and Sam uh, Truston was there as well, part of the first four weeks was that Mike just worked on her doing preparation things for her voice, to make her voice strong and be ready to sing. Oh, lots of different things. Let me just try a couple with you. You ready? You were thankful, aren't you, that I didn't do that. That would be very scary if I did that. But uh, she did all these practice things uh, to get her voice to be good, to be able to sing, and she does, and she sings fantastically. She had her voice prepared to sing well. How about us? To sing about Jesus, not so much just to sing the carols, but for our voice to be speaking about Jesus uh, throughout this world and into this community. Well, a prepared voice. Look what John says about it, what he did. Uh, verse 7, and this is, was his message. This is his voice. This is what he was saying. Uh, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, John's prepared voice is a voice that talks about Jesus. That's what John was doing, wasn't he? He's talking about his cousin Jesus that's going to come onto the scene that isn't just going to baptise you with water but baptise you with the Spirit. That is to put his Spirit within us so that we can actually live for God here and for eternity. That's what the baptism of the Spirit is. The Spirit lives within us to make us more like Jesus. That's what Jesus brings. And so John isn't spruiking himself here, is he? John is spruiking Jesus. John doesn't go on and tell him how good a camel hair outfit is to wear and comfortable and breathable, you know, really good in the summer heat. 
John doesn't talk about his diet and how good his diet is for his indigestion and say that, you know, he's actually losing seven kilos a week. He's doing really well on this diet. He doesn't tell us about that. John tells us about Jesus. You see, a prepared voice is a voice that is ready to talk about Jesus. That's what it's about. And you see, if we have hearts that are tuned to Jesus, then we will speak about Jesus. If our hearts are turned to Jesus, then I believe our voices will be tuned to Jesus. Uh, Who knows what this is? No, no, what's the little, not just the, the, not the radio channel, what's the actual contraption? Exactly. So, uh, what you can do is you can plug these things into an MP3 or you can plug it into your iPhone. Uh, and if you haven't got a really new car, like me, uh, you've got to have one of those if you want to play music off your iPhone or something similar. You have to have this little contraption, plugs into your iPhone and then gets the same frequency as your radio. And if you have the same frequency, you can play music across that. Uh, while we're on holidays, our kids had iPhones. They didn't want to listen to my music. I'm not sure they wouldn't want to listen to Queen and U2, but still. Uh, they wanted to listen to their music in the car, and so they plugged their iPhones in, and we tune the, the radio station, and we hear music. Get the right tuning, music comes out. Now, the interesting thing is, is when you come into larger towns, if there is a radio station on that same frequency, it starts to distort and wants to override it all the time. And so you've got to retune it to the right frequency, get it right, and then you hear the music well again. That's a bit like us with Jesus, isn't it? We need to tune into him. We need to be listening to him because lots of frequencies are going to try and jump in all around that, aren't they? All frequencies around the world want to come and say, no, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Come over here. No, this is really good here. Come and do this. This is really great here. Come and listen. This is going to be the greatest thing for you. This is what's going to save you. This is what's going to make you best. This is what's going to make you happy. This is what's going to be good for you. All these voices, all these frequencies, and we need to have one of those tuners that tune us into Jesus. And if we're turned to him, then we will be turned to, tuned to him. If our heart is prepared for him, then we'll be tuned into him and we'll be able to speak about him in the world around us. And we've been talking about that lots, haven't we? Throughout this, uh, let me go back a moment. Throughout this year, we've been talking a whole lot about being natural about speaking about Jesus. Not trying to be more holier than thou or use particular language that's going to turn people off or try and be some holy, godly person out there completely talking about Jesus every moment of the day, but to be naturally sharing Jesus in our conversations with everyone throughout the year. So what's your conversation been about now into this silly season? Oh, the presents that you haven't got organised yet? Food you're going to eat on Christmas Day? Uh, All the different things you've got to go to? All the parties that you need to be at? The wrapping you need to do? Now, don't get me wrong, some of that's fun, isn't it? It's great. But how much are we speaking about Jesus at Christmas? Christ is the first word, part of it, isn't it? Christmas, it's about Jesus. How much do we talk about Jesus when we're in the middle of Jesus' celebration of his birth? I'm not just looking, I'm looking at myself here, guys. 
How often am I when I'm down the shops and I'm talking about all the stuff and getting my ham ready and getting my meat ready and getting my drinks ready, make sure everything's organised well. How often do I just sit back and when someone's telling me, uh, what are you looking forward to Christmas this year, Paul? How often do I say, my family coming home, which I am? Do I say the food I'm going to have, the presents I'm going to get? Or do I say something like, I'm really looking forward to having some time contemplating what Jesus' birth means for me in this world? It's not that hard to say, is it? How much are we speaking about Jesus in this period that's all about Jesus? Uh, Look, I'm not aiming at you guys, I'm aiming at myself here in every way. Uh, We need to be thinking about this, don't we, and thinking about how this becomes naturally, not trying to force it, but thinking about how we can do that in a natural way. I came up with seven little things for you this morning for you to have a think about. Uh, You might like on take on one of them. You might like think, well, he's just an idiot. Don't do any of them. These are my thoughts. These are not biblical thoughts. These aren't scripture, okay? These are just some thoughts that I had in relationship to how we can be speaking about Jesus at this time of Jesus. Maybe. There we go. Uh, your Christmas tree, as you're putting your Christmas tree up, do you do what Colin did with it and talk about how the different aspects of the Christmas tree actually do point us to Jesus? It's a good song, isn't it? The lights, the presents, the candy cane, helps us think about that. How about we do that? This is a good thing to do with your family. When you're putting up all your Christmas decorations, talk about what all those different things mean and how they point us to Jesus. Someone else is in your home while you're doing it? Great, tell them as well. That's an in-house thing you can do. Uh, what about your music in your place during Christmas time? Uh, what are you listening to? What, when people walk into your house, what sort of Christmas music do they hear? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Maybe? Hey, that might be okay, some of it. But what about throwing in there some Christian stuff so they hear that? Uh, our favourite Christmas album of all time is by Endless Praise, called EP. Uh, if you haven't got it, I'll feel free to give it to you. You can copy it. It's a great one because it's really upbeat, great stuff, and it's all about Jesus. Uh, it's a great one. Karina loves Michael Bublé, but we shove that to the side and put this one. Uh, but, yeah, think about that. Just something little of playing. Uh, someone comes into your house and they're hearing the, the Christian carols and Christian Christmas songs happening in the background. Uh, read the Christmas story with your kids at night. Well, you may think as you're leading into Christmas, start in one of the Gospels or go to a couple of the different Gospels and read the different accounts of the Christmas story to your kids. Think about doing that with them. I think mine might be a little bit old to do that too, but yours may be young enough to do that or encourage someone to do that. Start them thinking about what this Christmas story is about. Uh, read the true story of St Nicholas to your kids. There's a number of different books you can get. We've got one at home. I forgot to bring it with me today. Uh, it's a really good one for your kids. Uh, if you want to email me, I'll send you the title of it. Uh, and every Christmas, even up to last year, we still read it with our kids and they're 24 down to 17. Uh, and we read that Christmas one every year. It's the St Nicholas uh, story about how that uh, tradition came about. And it's a great one to read about. Uh, It's based on a true story and it helps us think about that Coca-Cola doesn't own Santa and he wasn't red and white all the time. Just a different thing to think about. This is all in-house at the moment. Christmas cards that you send out. How about thinking about yours have the nativity scene on it? 
or a Christmas message on it from there, rather than just Christmas trees and bells and Santa and reindeer. Everyone else can send them, that's fine. Maybe we could just throw out a few others. I know Dave Webby's just sent out 420 of them last week after his work. Uh, just have a think about that though. Have a think about everyone else sends all these other ones, doesn't it? What about we, if we're going to send them, send one that actually does point us to Jesus? You might have to search through the cards to find them. You might waste half your little pack, uh, but worth thinking about. Um, when you're talking to people about Christmas and what you're looking forward to, that's what I'm saying. Maybe talk to them about it's time to reflect on Jesus and your relationship with him. Maybe don't just tell someone that you're going to do that. Maybe you do that. Maybe this time frame is a chance for you just to sit back and think a bit about that. Don't get raced off your feet and think I've got to get to every party and every Christmas do. Take some time to contemplate it. Actually do it. And then tell people at the butcher or the baker or the petrol station or the people you play touch with or the people you play tennis with or the people you work with, yeah, I'm going to contemplate that this year. It's a thought. Uh, number seven, uh, not get so hung up and hassled about getting everything right uh, the right Christmas present, the right parties, the right food, the right Christmas lights. And don't be like the elf in that sense. But actually do enjoy the moment. Enjoy the Christmas period. Celebrate it. And celebrate it because it's about the best thing that has ever happened to this world was that Jesus came into it to save us, to redeem us. It's a great period of time. Don't let the world hijack it on us and make it into hassle, crazy, silly season, but make it into Christmas season, Jesus season. Prepared heart, a prepared voice. Maybe as followers of Jesus, that can be how we prepare this Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we, we live in a world that loves Christmas, uh, particularly a community and a nation that goes to extremes to celebrate Christmas, to a point where some people even hate Christmas because it's just too crazy and too busy. And preparation for it becomes such a hassle and so stressed. Lord, may we be people who live in the world, who enjoy Christmas, who prepare for Christmas, who aren't hassled by Christmas, but celebrate it because we know the wonderful truth of Christmas is that you sent Jesus to enter into our world, into the mess of this world, the mess of our lives to redeem us, to rescue us, to purify us by going to die on the cross and rise again, to baptise us with your spirit so that we may repent and turn back to you, to be in a living, loving, full attention relationship now and for eternity. Lord, may that be our Christmas. May that be our joy. May that be the core of our heart this Christmas, Lord, and may that encourage us in our voices this Christmas.
to speak of you, to speak of Jesus. Lord, by your spirit, make that a truth within us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.